You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. So for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where he wants us to go. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Car Seat Questions. We're so glad you're with us. We are joined today by Dr. Russell Meek. Dr. Meek, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Uh, To get us started, could you just share with us and our listeners a little bit about you, your family, what you do, that kind of stuff? Yeah, so uh, I'm Russ. I I live in uh, North Idaho, like just south of Canada uh, with my wife and our three sons. Uh, They are uh, five, six, and seven, but the, the five and six year old are, uh, four months apart. Uh, and so they are, they're considered virtual twins. Uh, one, one is adopted of course, but, uh, he came to us when our other son was two months old. So two wow. month old, a six month old. And then like once in the store or like getting a prescription or something, I like got confused about <laughs> birthdays. And I was like, Oh, like the, my sons have like different moms and i was like but i mean i'm not i was like but i'm not married to both of them but i mean but and then it, i was like when one is adopted it so uh it could it gets a little confusing sometimes you know uh so we live in north idaho uh, i teach uh at moody i've been there about 10 years uh in their online program uh, and i also teach uh old testament and hebrew at a little seminary in colorado called william Tennant school of theology I was just thinking about, um, we went to Moody and I was thinking about Old Testament survey <laughs> and I took it at 8 a.m. in you know, like a giant auditorium with everybody. It's a bad decision. It was because one time, you know, one of the prophets, who was it? Deborah, something about a tent peg, right? Yeah. I wrote tent pig. And so then I was studying and I was like, <laughs> she did what with a pig? <laughs> my roommate was like, no, you're confused because you fall asleep basically in Old Testament. So... I have some learning to do with the Old Testament, so I'm glad you're with us today. Um, so in your studies of the Old Testament and as a biblical scholar and as a parent, how have you and your wife talked about through stories that maybe shouldn't be shared at certain ages? How do you discern like what to include and what not to include with your kids or with, you know, if you're advising other parents? Right. So um, that's a great, I, lo- I love that question. And so I... When we had our first son, so my kids are Ari, which means lion in Hebrew, Abel from Cain and Abel, and then Elijah from the, you know, the prophet Elijah. Uh, and so when, and so I'm an Old Testament guy, live, love the Old Testament, live and breathe the Old Testament. And so when we had kids, I just thought, man, this is going to be so easy. Like I got this. <laughs> and and so, and of course, like uh, you guys have a three-year-old. So mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you remember, maybe it's only me, but before I had kids, I thought that I was the best parent alive, you know, <laughs> and then I quickly realized that I'm not. But uh, so, I mean, I, I the way we began was I'm just like we started reading, you know, like the storybook Bible and all that when the kids are really little or like the little picture books, of course. But then when we transitioned to like a Bible Bible, we went to um, the action Bible. Mm. And as an Old Testament guy, I'm thinking like, man, let's start in the Old Testament. You know, that's where it all began. 
And so we read, it's like broken up into stories, you know? And so like the first story is creation. That was great. Uh, and then the second story is like the fall, which also it's like not, I mean, it's not, not terrible. I mean, well, it is terrible, but it's, it's not necessarily inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Cain and Abel and I'm like, <laughs> so I was like, okay. And so I was like, <laughs> so I said, I was like, we're going to read in the new Testament, you know? <laughs> we'll just so, take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I didn't make it far, uh, in that, um, <laughs> And then, like, you start reading in the New Testament, and things are great, but then, like, just, I mean, it doesn't take you far in Matthew, and you get to mm-hmm. the crucifixion, right? And yeah. so, um, all right, so your question was, like, how do we, what was your initial question? I feel like I've gotten off track And here. that's okay. How do you discern what stories to include or not include or how to modify them based on your children's age? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think the a lot of it has to do with like the kids age of course um and we decided my wife and i Brittany, uh we decided early on you know that we would um the only story that we like wouldn't modify is the uh crucifixion narrative Mm. um and so everything else you know um we were we would like avoid like um talking about like violence, not, I mean, not avoid talking about it, but we would say things like, um, they hurt each other Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. um, they, they were mean to each other, like that sort of thing, instead Mm -hmm. of like, you know, they drowned all the babies in the river. Like we didn't say Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know? Um, and it was more of a, like a, we want, we don't want, want to be like, just dishonor the Bible and Mm -hmm. the, how God revealed that. Um, but we also thought, man, let's focus in on like these people, like there is sin, but like our kids don't need to like know the ins and outs of that mm-hmm. sin just yet. And especially my oldest Ari, he is like super sensitive, like mm-hmm. very, very sensitive. And so stuff like really, um, gets to him. And so mm-hmm. as they've, and, and so I guess, how do you discern? Um, one is like, what do they we have to ask the question, like, what do they need to know to understand, like, what's going on here? Does, like, a five-year-old, like, really need to know that uh, Pharaoh killed all the babies? Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, he doesn't need to know that Herod, you know, tried to kill all the babies either. But that said, we felt like uh, the crucifixion is, like, mm-hmm. very integral to the gospel narrative, you know? And so early on, I mean, we just read the the crucifixion narrative to them. And of course my oldest, you know, who was like, could understand a lot more at the time. I mean, the first time we read it, he just like cried and cried and cried. And, uh, and, and then, you know, for a long stretch, you know, like around Easter or Christmas or whatever, he would say like, you know, I don't want to read about Jesus dying. I don't want to read about that. Um, but we like made them anyway, because, and so like, we felt like we want to shield him, uh, from like violence mm-hmm. as much as possible, except for, uh, stuff like the crucifixion, because like, we really want him to understand and feel and know like all that God has done for us, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers the question no, or yeah. answers it well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, you're oldest um is more sensitive our our three-year-old is quite tender and sensitive in that way too just things that are even if they're sweet you know he'll cry about them or if they're a little (laughs) bit sad he'll cry about them and so I think it's also knowing the temperament of your child too like what can Mm -hmm, they handle mm -hmm. and what can they not I even think about um when we shared with another um guest that 
I watched, I probably watched Passion of the Christ a little too young. <laughs> and um, it was like a little too scary for me. And I haven't watched it since because it was like so impactful to me. Like the crucifixion should be impactful to us. Right. And mm-hmm. um, maybe it's okay that it's a little scary because it was scary. And it's something that we should kind of have the weight on for us. So I like that. Yeah. I like that approach. Yeah. yeah, even, I mean, we we have shown our son like videos of like when he was born <laughs> and he like heard himself cry for the first time and he like weeps. Cries. He's like, why is the baby, he's like, why is the baby crying? Oh, yeah. like, hey, man, that was you. <laughs> you came out into the world for the first time. Uh, so yeah, exactly what Lauren said. He's he's definitely tender hearted yeah. in that. And so I guess for us, like the follow the follow up question to that would be when the time comes, like how do we navigate through tough themes, right? With with little ones, right? And and how do we go about that? Again, with taking into consideration, you know, the the age, mm-hmm. you know, of the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a <clears throat> I feel super inadequate and in, uh, to answer these questions just by the way. So um I think <clears throat> the uh two things the so jesus you know in in the gospels says like the two greatest commandments love love the lord your god by your heart mind soul and strength and the second one is like it love your neighbor as yourself and so like as an old testament scholar when i teach the old testament when i write about the old testament i like to read it through what i call the great great commandment lens Mm. um so i think that the whole old testament and the new testament comes down to loving god and loving people. And so that, that guides mm-hmm. everything I do, you know, uh, with kids, with grownups. Um, and so when I come, when we come to like hard issues, so for example, um, we did not read the Cain and Abel narrative to my, to Abel. Uh, he's five now, almost six. Um, we didn't read it to him until, <laughs> until like, uh, like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was even like an accident because he like something came up about Cain and Abel. And I was like, oh, well, Cain killed his brother and his face just fell, you know, and he's like, Cain killed his Cain killed Abel. Uh, and he was just like heartbroken and shocked, you know, uh, and then I'm like scrambling, like, OK, how do I deal with this? Um, and so like that was an instance where it was like, OK, how do we talk about this for Abel to understand? Because um, and so we went back to like loving God and loving your neighbor. And it's like, so, okay, the way we handle the Cain and Abel narrative is like fundamentally like Cain, like did not love God and he did not love his neighbor. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the, he failed like in both those aspects because Abel, um, my Abel was really concerned with like, well, why didn't Cain like him? Why did Abel have other friends? Did Abel have friends? Did people did not like him? What did he do to make Cain not like mm-hmm. him? And so he's like identifying with mm-hmm. like, okay, is there something that I need to avoid here? So my brothers don't kill me maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we tried to um, frame it in those terms. Like, no, like the, the violence against Abel, like it wasn't Abel's fault, uh, but it was like a failure to love God mm-hmm and love neighbor. And like we read through the, uh, the David narratives recently and we didn't go into like, you know, the, like the things that David did against Bathsheba and against Uriah because they're like little kids. And so we just, instead of like reading the narrative, the, like those sections of it were like, David didn't love God and he didn't love 
his neighbors. He didn't love Bathsheba and he didn't love Uriah. And of course, they're like, well, what? It's like, what did they do? What did he do? And it's like, well, it's not important right now. You know, like you don't need to know. You just need to know that like he hurt them and like didn't love them, yeah. you know. So, um, so I we take it really on like a case by case basis, yeah. you know, and 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 try to em- emphasize did this person or did this story, does this story show love for God and love for neighbor? Mm -hmm. And if not, like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Along with that tool of kind of like looking through a lens of the greatest commandments is like, do you have other tools that you'd suggest for parents on, you know, if they're scared to talk about the old Testament with their children? Yeah. Um, I mean, the so we use we started out with like the Jesus Storybook Bible, mm-hmm. which is just a phenomenal book. Um, like, oh, like I can't more highly recommend that book. I think it's fantastic for adults and children to read. Um, it's like that. And then we also use the Action Bible, mm-hmm. um, which my boys like love. And it's a great uh, it, but even with that, like it's like all paraphrased. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know you're not reading like the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's the stories, mm-hmm. um, an artist interpretation of the stories. But those are two things that we use. And then the other thing I, I like tell people since like I teach Old Testament all the time is like the like the Old Testament story. Like it was Paul says twice in Romans and in Corinthians that like this was written for us. Like these things mm-hmm. are written down for our instruction. Mm-hmm so that we can know God, so that we can love God, so we can understand how to have a relationship with him. And so I think so much of just people in general are uh, hesitant about the Old Testament because they think it's nothing but like, you know, violence Mm -hmm. and judgment Mm -hmm. and all of that. But I say like those, like one, God's like judgment against his people, like shows God's love, Mm -hmm. right? Because like as parents, if we don't discipline our kids, that communicates that like we hate them, yeah. you know. Uh, I I can remember when I was in high school, um, I moved out. Uh, my parents were divorced. Um, my stepdad was like super abusive. I moved out of that home and moved in with my uh, biological dad, who was an alcoholic. And I can remember like as a teenager, like my dad had no rules whatsoever. It was just like come and go as you please. Like take care of yourself. He like wasn't hardly there. It was a, like a a free for all type environment. And you would think like as a teenager that that would be like, Oh man, it's so great. We can do whatever I want to at my dad's house. I have no rules, but it's actually really unsettling Mm -hmm. uh, because there's like no uh, protection either, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so like I I was making all, making really bad decisions uh, and had no kind of uh, safeguards. Uh, And I like sense that I, I probably wouldn't have vocalized it that way, but I sensed that, um, that, uh, precariousness mm-hmm. and danger, like in that situation. But, and so in the same way, when we think about, man, God is, there's so much judgment in the Old Testament, like those things are one, a demonstration of his love and of their relationship and his care for his people. Yeah. And on the other side of it, like, man, if you have experienced um, like evil, if you have uh, experienced abuse or things of that nature, like the fact that God judges evil is so hopeful and so encouraging, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, wow, he's not going to let this go on forever. Like he really does love yeah. and he really will judge evil. And so I think we need to reframe the way we view the old Testament as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, and the God is not some angry, like wild, arbitrary God in the old Testament. He is like loving his people well, and he is, um, 
demonstrating his goodness, like through judging evil and protecting the orphan and the widow mm-hmm. uh, and the foreigner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I can resonate with that because growing up, like, you know, my, my parents um, would tell me to like read the Bible. Uh, oftentimes they didn't tell me why they're just like, <laughs> you know, this is what we do as Christians. And <laughs> probably the only book that I would read in the old Testament over and over again was the Proverbs, right? Because like, you know, you, you sure. can read through it in a month if you just do a chapter a day. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite things to do, but I didn't really pay any mind to the rest of the old Testament. And it wasn't until I came to Moody and I took a class in Genesis and I took a class in mm-hmm. Psalms. And I think those two classes just like changed my entire perspective of the Old Testament and just the overarching story of mm-hmm. redemption from start to finish. It was just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, amazing. And ever since then, I'm just like, wow, the Old Testament's great. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, right, right. and if you have to, you know, if you're reading through like the the numbers and and all that, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's sort of a uh, you it's know, all, yeah. so it's a little <laughs> annoying. But <laughs> if you, you look past that, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of what's in the New Testament, right? It can be informed like by the Old Testament, and so mm-hmm. I just think that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think we also like uh, have to avoid, um, especially like with kids. Um, I think that the, there's a temptation in reading the Old Testament to kind of say like to moralize, like oh, be like David, be like Abraham, mm-hmm. be like this guy, that guy. Um, I don't, I think we should try to avoid that because like we want our, I want my kids, we want like our children collectively in the church to look to Jesus, like Mm -hmm. you were saying, like we want. And so when we read these stories, um, I, I, we shouldn't avoid like the evil things that Abraham did, um, or that David did, but I think we can include that. Like, Hey, they didn't like, you know, Abraham made, made mistakes he didn't love sarah well and he didn't trust god and so that has consequences Mm. um and the whole point of this is like god's love and god's faithfulness and so i think if we can like be take care to like keep our focus on the main character of the old testament god and also like not like not give all the gory details but like plainly state that like these people like we're not perfect like you are, my kids aren't perfect. These people in the Bible aren't perfect, yeah. but like God is perfect. You know. Yeah, I think sometimes it's easy to like put the emphasis on the wrong person that we say like, oh, and then David became a great person, or like, oh, and then Moses became a great leader, and it's like, oh, but we need to be putting the emphasis on what God did in their lives, not what that they all of a sudden became this great person that they were bad and now they're good. But that, like, right. God changed them. He had a, a mm-hmm. work in them, and he changed them to be, um, was able to use them even when they were wicked and evil and did bad things. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think I have that tendency, too, is to, like, look at them as, like, you know, the heroes of our faith. But, like, no, they were pretty messed up. <laughs> they did bad things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so with, like, with talking about the Old Testament, have there been... uh maybe some questions or examples uh, in your own family of, you know, maybe your kids asked you a question about the Old Testament and you were just like, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to get into this now. <laughs> you know, has there been any kind of like uh, unique things that have come up, uh, again, just regarding the Old Testament? Yeah, you know, when we, um, <clears throat> well, they always always want to know like why people don't worship God. That's mm. like mm. like constantly like why, why did they worship God? Why did they worship Baal or, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a kind of a, a common theme when we when we read these stories. Um, but another another one that came up like recently was like, 
So we emphasize love God, love your neighbor. Like those are the two most important things. And we bring them out every single night when we're reading stories. Um, but we read through uh, in, in the Action Bible, Jeremiah has like a few stories in there. Uh, and of course, Jeremiah, like things do not go well for him. You know, <laughs> like he, he ends up in a pit and the stockade. He like ends up being exiled to Egypt, you know, at the end of his life. And so my kids were really concerned with like, okay, Jeremiah seemed he he was doing what God wanted him to do, but everyone hated him, you know. And so they're like, they were very confused um, with like, okay, why does he get shipped off to Egypt, or why does he end up in the pit? Why does the king want to kill him? Um, because they're, I mean, I, I think they're trying to process like, okay, Jeremiah is doing what's good and right. He's loving God. He's loving the people, um, but why they also said like why is he so mean why is Jeremiah so mean um and that was like a great opportunity to talk about how like man uh sometimes like telling people the truth is gonna they might think that you're mean it might seem mean but it's actually really loving mm -hmm. you know um it, you don't we don't you don't have to be a jerk we don't want our kids to be jerks I don't want to be a jerk but that is it's unloving to not tell the truth, you know? And so yeah. that was a great opportunity to talk about how um, even when we do what God wants us to do, like sometimes there are like really bad consequences. Like we suffer because of that. You know, that's, of course, that's a common thing. I mean, Jesus obviously mm -hmm. is like the greatest example of that. Um, so they're always like, they're, that was a, an interesting, I didn't like see that coming, you know, because I always read, I always think of Jeremiah as this like great, hero, mm -hmm. you know, of the faith who was like so faithful, uh, despite enormous personal yeah. cost. Mm -hmm. uh, but they saw it as like, well, wait a minute, why doesn't he have friends? Why don't people like him? Why do, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. As so for like our closing question, what would your main prayer or hope be for your kids or other kids that are under your care or that you interact with um, what would your prayer be for them as they learn to engage with scripture and particularly the old testament man i want them to i say this to my kids regularly i want them to know that like these stories in the old testament and in the new testament but especially the old testament are like for them you know abraham isaac jacob like these are are like our ancestors in the faith mm -hmm. once they become christians one of my sons is like is has professed faith the other two have not uh, so like i want to be really careful yeah. about that i don't want them to teach and and I, I don't want them i want them to have like a right view of god and who god is mm -hmm. and so i um have avoided like as much as possible using the bible as a, a way to instill like morals even mm -hmm. though like that's important mm -hmm. like obviously like i want my kids to uh obey. I want them to love God. I want them to love their neighbor. But instead of reading it in the sense of like, okay, like, what does this teach us about patience? What does this teach us about kindness? What does this teach us about whatever, like, you know, characteristic or character mm -hmm. feature that we want our kids to have? I want them to like read these stories um, and know that like God loves them. God is real. Mm -hmm. um, and so that when they become Christians, Lord willing, when they become Christians, then I want them to have like a solid foundation where the Holy Spirit can convict them of sin 
and work in their hearts and lives, you know. So I don't want them to grow up thinking that the Bible is a is a handbook of mm. like do's and don'ts. Mm. I want them to grow up thinking that like the Bible is like God revealing himself to us and inviting us into a relationship with him. And and so like I guess my main hope, you know, is that they would know God, that they would love God and that they would yeah, see the Bible as an inv- invitation to relationship with him and mm. see uh, the wonders that he's done, you know, and the just his magnificent power, like bringing the people up out of Egypt, you know, like, geez, that's incredible, you know. Uh, and so I want them to have those stories in their hearts so that and then when they do become Christians, like I want there to be this kind of foundation or well that, mm. you know, the Lord can just continually draw from to convict them of sin and to make them like to sanctify them and make them holy. Um, so I, so it's like this balance of like, man, I really want them to like be obedient, good kids, <laughs> but I don't want to try to make them act and live like Christians, like before they become Christians, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That makes yeah, a lot of sense. I was even thinking while you were talking about how, I mean, our son's only three, but it's going to be hard to like, try to raise someone and it's like, oh, like you haven't professed faith in Christ yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though like we as a family and as your parents have, or if like your older sibling does before, you know, a younger sibling, just how interesting, like, you know, that is in a family dynamic of not putting those things on them until they have professed their faith. So that's, I haven't right. thought about mm-hmm. that before. That's a good thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it probably in some sense, re- like it relieves some of the pressure yeah. that we might feel like, you know, we like like you said, like we want our kids to to love the Lord. We want them to become Christians and and profess faith. But I think sometimes as parents, we think that like oh, we have to like instill you know all these right. godly like morals mm-hmm. and things like right from the womb, so that you know they come to faith really fast, and we can all like serve God as a family. You know, and it's just like well, that's not that's God's job to save them, not right. ours. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Meek, for being here with us today and sharing with us and sharing your insight and wisdom and how we can really connect with the Old Testament to our kids in ways that are, they can understand and kind of, you know, digest better. Really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you to the listener for joining us again this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment too. We love those. Looking at those. So say nice things about us and uh, we'll be back next week. So be sure to um, check out your podcast feed for the episode next week. Yep. And with all of our episodes, we'd like to close with a benediction. So Russell, if you please join us in that. To him who is able to do far more than we can understand. May he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love God above all else and love others as themselves. Go in peace.